0: My name is Bill
1: Dosey. My name is Brad Nichols. My name is Eric Olson. I'm with Paper Drones.
2: Thank you all for joining us here today. We're going to talk a little bit about some drones and activity in the energy industry, uh, as well as other industries and some of the applications it can be brought into. This is a great topic. I absolutely love talking about this topic. I've been covering it since 2007. Um, I'll never forget in 2009 when I interviewed a gentleman who just got back from, actually Tommy Kenville from North Dakota, and he just got back from Israel and they had drones the size of honeybees. And this was back in 2009. So I can only imagine what's going on in the world of drones today. But then again, drones are all about what data they're getting these days so uh gentlemen thank you for joining us and first of all talk to me a little bit about your guys company and what kind of services you offer
0: well uh my my company is um, my son and guy's company is bad drones um we offer a wide variety of services everywhere anywhere from oil field demographics to uh surveying mapping um uh, we we have a partner here on the line with uh, Brad and Eric. Uh, they represent v, uh, Viper Drones. Um, they're they're really the uh, stepping. I, I don't know what the right word is. The the ground control for for things and um, I, I probably should let them speak more about what they do. Though.
2: Well, the the Bad Drones is the company, and the Viper Drones, are you guys like the manufacturer or the the drone supplier? Talk to me about that relationship.
3: Actually, we are a hardware integrator. We're more of an engineering company that we take off-the-shelf products and integrate them together and make them play where we can fly them on the drone. Different kind of cameras that have different sensing capabilities, and we can hang them on the bottom of the drone and we fly them in an oil field and detect leaks and have all the camera control functions right at our fingertips from the same controller you're flying the drone from.
2: Viper drones, what are some of the I guess, attributes or some of the advantages that uh, the Viper drones would have over uh, the other drones that you can buy off Amazon or Walmart or some of the other places that people seem to want to buy drones these days?
3: Well, we consider those consumer-level drones. The drones that we are engineering are several steps above that, and the price tag on them reflects that. You can get a drone for a thousand bucks off of Amazon. Our big drone, our gas and drone, is
2: close to a hundred grand. A little bit of a price difference there. Um, talk to me about how these drones are being integrated into the uh, energy industry.
3: Well, I'll let Eric talk about that. Eric works for Viper, and he's He's our chief software engineer and architect. He's also our trainer who goes out in the field and teaches companies when they buy the drone how to use it and how to fly it and how to collect data
1: off of it. So I'll let Eric speak to that part. Thanks, Brad. So uh, we have integrated a camera that's been tuned to see hydrocarbons, and a lot of our oil customers are – uh, Interest in seeing these hydrocarbons and gas forms from an aerial point of view. Uh, the advantage of that is that they can obviously fly a, a platform, an aerial platform, to the top of some uh, pipeline or or water tank or any kind of infrastructure that's on an oil field to see if there are any leaking hydrocarbons at, at the top of these platforms. Or they can fly across a river or across a couple um, roads. Um, as far away as as they're able to, you know, to maintain FAA regulations, they can fly from one site to another site, and that's exactly what our customers are doing now, is they're able to park their vehicle at one particular location, uh, put our platform up in the air that we've integrated this OGI camera onto, and then fly from one infrastructure piece to another infrastructure piece, and it saves them time of you know, getting a boom truck, um, uh, to- towing the boom truck, or or you know, driving the boom truck from location to location. Now they just get our platform and they fly it until the batteries run out, and they land it, and then they fly it again.
2: That's interesting about the hydrocarbons. One of the things that we used to talk about on our programs is the where the world of drones is going, and oh, this was. 10 years ago and then five years ago, it's amazing to think at where we're at today. The example we used to give was that, imagine a drone flying over a, f- a row of sunflowers or potatoes, and the drone would identify a single plant where potato blight was on a single leaf, and then it would send some information to another drone, which might be a four-wheel drive drone or maybe a, a flying one, and it would go over and it would like perfume mist a pesticide or a fungicide or whatever it might be onto that single leaf, causing, you know, uh, creating, impacting savings beyond belief with uh, uh, the, the use of petrochemicals and the use of pesticides and just the whole concept of it is is become almost where we're at today. And when I think about that translating into the energy industry, and you mentioned the word hydrocarbons, talk to me about how advanced we are nowadays. With Can, can we get down to the hydrocarbon level, I guess, for detection, or where, where are we at with the science behind this?
1: Well, the science is, is all developed by a, a company called FLIR, and they've, they've built these uh, cameras that are absolutely amazing. They're, they're tuned to see these actual hy- hydrocarbons in gas forms. So this this camera, we've, as Brad said, we've integrated it and put it onto a mobile platform. And yes, right now we are actually able to see, um, you know, methane and benzene and all all the uh, all the zines. I think is what the joke was the other day we heard. Is all, that what the it was, Brad? All, all the things, all the things, things. things yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All the things. That's right. Yeah. So it, it's a. Uh, the, the camera that we're using is, is amazing, and and we've just put it together with another technology that's amazing. It, it you know we're we're using these these aerial platforms that have matured over the last ten years, just like you're saying, and and we we put amazing things on them. We're just combining these incredible technologies to we're exploiting these uh, to help our customers see where. They're actually leaking hydrocarbons on their fields, and it's it, it's reducing pollution. It's helping them with their uh, with their production costs. Like they're not losing, you know, stuff that they they can actually sell. So it is amazing, and, and we are there. We are to the point now where our customers are flying daily, many times a day. One particular com- or a customer is able to fly many many times per day to go search and look for these. Problems that, that we've helped them, you know, find with our aerial platforms.
2: What are some you, of the... You know, they,
1: um, they oh, go ahead.
3: Do this. They, they used to do this by having a handheld camera and literally walking around with a handheld camera trying to find these leaks. As Eric has said, now with this drone and multiple sets of batteries, they can hit multiple sites from one takeoff point And see it from an aerial perspective, looking down, and you don't have safety issues of workmen having to climb up on scaffolding or go up on the top of the tank racks and walk around. The drone is just hovering right overhead, and they're able to control the camera and swing the camera around or swing the drone around and get any perspective if they think they see a leak. So it also...
2: What are some of your uh, barriers to entry when it comes to drones? It's a pretty highly regulated spot. You know, you mentioned the difference between a commercial and and um, consumer. And in North Dakota, where I'm from, North Dakota, listen to that cover, though. We're one of six <laughs> test states that uh, allow these drones to happen. And so we're pretty well controlled, you know. I mean, being a test state doesn't mean as much, you know, as it does except for there's a lot of control over it um, what are and that I'm hearing that is one of the in issues of trying to break into like say a north Dakota uh, what what are some of the barriers to your marketplace entry and what are some of the successes that you guys have found both sides of the coin
0: so uh, I would have to say that uh, the successes. Are, are all integrated into um, how, how we're interacting with our customers uh, and how we're getting that data to them quicker than, than before. Um, it, it's happening much, much quicker. Um, Eric would have more info on where uh, the technical data of how we're doing that, but uh, it, that's where the success is is that we're giving them data quicker and uh, more
3: reliable data. I would say the technology exists out there. Like Eric mentioned, the technology exists in different pockets. The challenge is, is how do you take this technology that's over in this particular area and you adapt it to do something in over in the Say the oil and gas industry, and and make it meaningful. And you know the old saying is, we can collect a lot of data, but turning it into real information is the trick in all of this. Having a bunch of data that somebody's got to go sift through to try to make some determination is one thing. What we're looking down the road to do is be able to try to automate some of this to where we have software running in the background that can do some, some analytics and provide some quick pop-ups and say, hey, this looks like a leak that you might not be able to see with your eye, so that, that we are providing the customer with more usable information that he can make decisions off of. I will tell you probably one of the biggest barriers that that we've all in the drone business have tried to overcome is just how the regulatory part of it with the FAA has been moving pretty slow. And, you know, you have to try to go get waivers if you want to do certain things. And that's just been just part of it. And and I think we're all trying to work through it with the FAA. They're trying to keep the skies safe. So nobody's bringing down a plane. But we're also thinking of all these other things we could do if I could only do this. If I could fly beyond line of sight, if I could fly it at night. So that's the whole challenge across the whole industry is just the pace that this is evolving and how we can actually put these intelligent machines to work. It's going to... It, pick up speed and we're going to continue to find very intriguing things for
1: drones to do. Yeah, Brad, correct. I'd like to add to that if you don't mind. I think the FAA has actually done a pretty good job of allowing people, uh, as far as recreational flyers and all the way up to enterprise class flyers and and, and pilots and general aviation, commercial aviation, they've done a really good job of actually allowing and and making things possible and safe for everybody. There are a lot of gray areas, but you know, other countries that I've visited and, and, and I'd like to fly into, I've had to get special permits to fly. Like, like the Middle East, it was, there was a country over there. It was actually very difficult to get a license to fly. Um, same with Costa Rica, uh, here, if you if you want to fly recreational, you can. You don't need the the, the Part 107 for the the um, commercial aspects of it. We're actually we actually have it pretty good here, and and I think the FAA has done a good job. and And it'll be interesting to see how these gray areas move into more black and white defined areas. And it's just very interesting to see that. So I just wanted to say that I, I think the FAA has actually done a pretty good job, and and I think they're relatively easy to work with.
2: How about some of the energy companies with the acceptance of technology? Um, The example I'm thinking of is I remember five years ago sitting in a meeting in Bismarck, North Dakota, where they were giving the green light to crop dusters to go check on pipelines. And I remember thinking, going, my God, we've been doing drones for how long and we're still using crop dusters? Well, the next year, the same meeting, they, they started using drones and never acted like crop testers even existed. So, I mean, it's like they accepted it in the course of a year and never spoke of the former again. Um, how are you guys seeing some of the acceptance of technology? Is there a little bit of resistance and then a quick acceptance or is it a slow process for them to, to bring it on? Does that question make sense?
1: It does make sense. And I think that people are generally really excited to exploit the technology uh, and take advantage of it. Uh, I really haven't seen a lot of people show uh, a lot of resistance. People are really actually welcoming to it, and, and and they want to use it.
2: All right, I'm kind of looking at um, everything here, and we're looking at uh, bad drones and Viper drones. Uh kind of winding down here a little bit, I'd like to give guests the final thoughts and and um words if you will, so the questions are not framed by me. If there's anything that we did not mention, anything you want to uh make sure is reiterated or just uh, you know, if you got a good barbecue recipe, go ahead, I guess. Uh I like to give guests kind of the final word so they can go whatever direction they want and it's not framed by me. So uh gentlemen, the floor is yours.
0: I just want to, uh, as far as BAD drones, bad drones, I want to reiterate that, that uh, we're, we are on the, uh, the cusp of all the new technology um, with the help of Viper Drones. We're, um, we're more of the service end of that business. And uh, we're really excited to uh, be involved with uh, Viper Drones. Uh, and seeing what they what, what they come up with next. Uh, I, I think, it, again, just like uh, landing on the moon, there's always something that's going to come up next that's going to excite us, and we're all really excited about that.
3: So for Viper Drones, I will say we are a small company made up of engineers, and we're always looking at new technology and where we can apply technology. And right now our focus has been on the oil and gas business as a primary focus, but we also do work in the mapping and survey field with drones. We are also in the cinematography business with drones, filming commercials and movies. Uh, We are a pretty broad company, but today, with bad drones being on our team and working in the service part of the oil and gas eric and i are are highly focused on this whole oil and gas leak detection being able to detect leaks on pipelines that seems to be a an emerging issue that people are looking for solutions for how do i find a leak in a buried pipe so we're working on that as we speak today but Yes, I think technology is being applied, and, and it's, it's changing the world as we know it.